0: You're listening to the casting for fun podcast the show that talks about entertainment sports music and inspirational stories for all to enjoy we're glad that you could join us today please sit back relax and enjoy the show now here is your host albert pineda
1: welcome everybody to the casting for fun podcast i am your host albert pineda and for this week's episode uh, in honor and in spirit of, of bringing in the new year for 2023 I wanted to uh, take the opportunity to talk with my former manager at Space Bank Mini Storage, Mike Matheson. But there's a very particular reason why, because Mike has been a longtime volunteer for the Tournament of Roses Parade and actually had the opportunity to serve as the president of the parade from 2015 to 2016, because every year there's a new president selected. So it was a wonderful experience for me to sit down with Mike to have a conversation about the Rose Parade, the rich history of the parade. Uh, The Rose Bowl game itself, because Mike is a huge fan of college football, and to talk about his experience serving as the president and getting to meet various grand marshals over the years. It's a really fun conversation for me. Very interesting. It's one of the uh, episode ideas that I had dating back to when I first started the podcast, but I wanted to save it specifically for uh, the uh, Rose Parade uh, timeframe, which is right now in January so you know it's a week later than what i was planning initially planning but i'm very grateful and happy that mike was able to give me the time tonight so we can reflect on the rose parade and everything it means for us as uh, uh angelinos as you know <coughs> uh citizens of la we we love the parade we love the game the rose bowl game and it was really fun for me to talk to mike about it so here we go this is my conversation with mike matheson about the chairman of roses Joining me tonight on the Casting for Fun podcast is a very special, wonderful guest. He was the president of the Tournament of Roses from the years of uh, 2015 to 2016, and was my uh, manager for almost 20 years at Space Bank Mini Storage. It's Mike Matheson. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
0: Well, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I hope you and Anne had a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh, we did. Thank you. Oh, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So as, as mentioned, you had the opportunity, I'm, I'm assuming was a wonderful, amazing experience for you to get to serve as the president of the Tournament of Roses for 2015 to 2016, which was the uh, the theme of Find Your Adventure,
0: right? Find Your Adventure was.
1: Very good. Very good. And so an I-
0: advent- Adventure found.
1: Very good. Very good. But my understanding is uh, of the many years we've gotten to know each other for for you serving as my manager at Space Bank Mini Storage. You've had much, much rich history with the parade. Was that correct? That is. Okay, very good. So I wanted to have you share with our listeners uh, your experiences with the parade, the history, uh, your memories, everything that comes associated with the parade and, of course, the Rose Bowl game, which I know a lot of people
0: are huge fans of. Well, uh, I I know we have time constraints, so this is, I could do a whole semester at college on all of this, (laughs) Um, you know, growing up in the, in the Pasadena area, um, you, you get touched in so many different ways. And, and I'll just say that uh, I started out as a, as a very young child, a memory of uh, watching the parade um, and, and then selling tickets when I was in eighth grade. Um, One of the people I babysat for um, operated one of the grandstands on, on the, um, the parade route. So I sold tickets. And uh, later on, a friend of my father's was a float driver and he needed an assistant. So in high school, I was an assistant driver. And then my dad and I were going to drive um, in the 1969 parade. And dad got ill. So I drove and I had a friend of mine as my observer and uh, it just kind of went on from there. Um, little bits and pieces, uh, I went away to um, college, came back, a good friend of mine's father worked for the Tournament of Roses, asked me if I wanted to join, which I, it hadn't given really any thought to. And, uh, um, and I was honored. Um, uh, so I'll just say that, yes, I, I joined in um, 1979, 1980 was my first parade. And you join just, you know, to to do something for your community, to to have fun with friends, and doing something productive, and and that was pretty much all there was to it. I didn't join to become president or even a chairman. Um, it was just to, to do what you were asked and uh, um, and have fun with it. So uh, going along that with those what you just described, Mike, uh,
1: what does the Rose Parade mean to you, and what is uh, what? what level of excitement does it bring out in you when you get to see the floats uh, as a spectator and as someone who actually gets to
0: participate in putting the, the parade on? Oh, Albert, it's, you know, I mean, what what's really neat about the Rose Parade and a whole lot of other festivals, but but I would say what's unique about the Rose Parade is just that it brings together not just Pasadena, but but the whole surrounding Los Angeles County, Orange County, Ventura County even. And and it it brings together a whole group of people to to do one good thing and and that is bring enjoyment not just to our community but but throughout the world because our our um, our Rose Parade is an international event. It is seen internationally, not necessarily on on our January 1st, but it brings in bands and and floats and, and participants. And um, it is really America's New Year celebration. And and, and, and that's that's a very special thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a kid, I got to,
1: I mean, I would usually watch the parade on TV and it was really fun just to see how intricate and how decorated they were. And then as a teenager, I always loved to just go check out the parade route on New Year's Eve just to kind of see the festivities of people from all over the world coming to watch this thing, which is really cool and exciting. Uh, going back to what you had mentioned before, Mike, about uh Participating as part of like I guess the committee or in the group, but not necessarily as president. Uh, I would imagine because there's so many people who are involved in the production of the Rose Parade. Very few people ever actually get to be president, even though there's a president every year. Is that right?
0: Well, that's right. I mean, 935 is the prescribed maximum volunteers, and 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 certainly um, not not everybody is. But but we're a meritocracy. And, and, and so everybody, you know, gets evaluated and, but, but that's, that's probably not the most fair thing to say either, because not everybody wants it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has the time for it. And, and even going back to you and I, um, at space bank, I went to my employers, our employers and said, you know, this is going to take a lot of time and And are you okay with this? because if they said no, you know you you know uh i you know I take my job over Tournament of roses quite frankly and mm-hmm. and and I like I said, I didn't join to become president, and um and and I wasn't planning, and you're elected, and it's quite an honor, and I hope you edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Uh,
1: so, so can you walk us through the, uh, the whole experience? So you, you're selected to be president and then for the whole year, you're very much part of the, the planning process where you're the head honcho, you're, you're making major decisions, you're leading and guiding people. In fact, I remember at the time, technically, I wasn't working in the Pasadena office. I was in Ontario. But my understanding was you were gone very frequently, uh, sometimes even for trips around the world to, I guess, interview or or talk to pe- uh, different bands from around the world who would be participating. So, if you could walk us through what that was that year like, serving as president of the Tournament of Roses.
0: Well, I'll, I'll go back to when I was a um, chairman of the parade operations committee and and directing the parade. And it was the year after that that I was elected to be on the executive committee. So that was that was 2008, and so I knew that I was going to be president in 2016, um, eight years ahead. And and so during those seven years before you become number one. Um, when you're when you start out on the executive committee as number 8 then you have by the time you're number 1 you have been the supervisor or coordinator of every committee in in the tournament of roses you have chaired all the business committees and you've served on the um, chamber of commerce board the foundation board and um, and game policy and also game management so there so there's a lot there's a lot before you ever become number one. Mm-hmm. So, I'll go back to you know, when you are elected on the on the executive committee, you start looking forward to okay. So, what would a good um, uh, theme be? Who would be a good grand marshal, and and some of the other facets that that come because when you're tournament president, you have two jobs. One is selecting the grand marshal and selecting the theme. And, and then you let all the other committees do their jobs and get the heck out of the way. Mm-hmm. And, and so I knew that there was a lot of uh, um, 50th anniversary of this, the fifth 45th of that, 25th of this. But I also knew it was the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. And the National Park Service actually um reached out to me and said we'd like to do something um to celebrate our centennial and we'd like to do that with the tournament of roses parade and uh and i um i'm not sure it was wisdom albert Mm -hmm. i'll just say there was maybe dumb luck that just said you know um we're looking for branding and and we want to be more national And let's just make the whole parade about the National Park Service. So we had never done that before. And uh, I'm not so sure that we're ever going to do that again about any other service. But um, the the 2016 parade was the opening centennial celebration of the National Park Service. And we had a whole lot of uh, National Park Service elements, people involved. And, and it took a, a lot of years and working with them to try to do things, not just um, in the parade, but in deck places and uh, post parade and, and other aspects. Oh, awesome. So you, you mentioned about the, the selection of the Grand
1: Marshal, and I believe for your year, uh, the documentary filmmaker Ken Burns was the, the Grand Marshal. Was that right?
0: Absolutely. I would say he was the best grand marshal we've ever had. Oh, very good. Um, Very good. (laughs) So I guess uh, we were, we were so lucky, so fortunate. And uh, I just, what, what a great, great person and representative. And um, he embraced the whole idea of the charity and the community and the coming together um, as no other person could.
1: I definitely want to come back to the, the grand marshals, but I want to finish up with uh, uh, your time as the president. So we, we get to the point where the big days arrived. It's uh, January 1st of uh, 2016. But if I remember hearing correctly, you had suffered uh, or were battling the flu at the time. Was that correct?
0: Well, yeah, and I'm gonna blame the uh, Royal Court for giving you the flu, but that, <laughs> has, nothing, that has nothing to do with anything. Um I mean you you have spent from the third Thursday in January of twenty fifteen when you're installed as president, you are uh, the representative of all of our um organization and and other organizations and sponsors and uh, so you visit every band um and you're doing fundraising and and promoting for the for the band. so those bands may be in uh, Japan, or they may be um, in Mexico, or Guatemala, or or East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, wherever. And, um, and so that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of responsibility. And, and you're also um, attending game, uh, football game, you know, items along with that, and, and, and other PR uh, events. And so when it comes down to you know, how are you feeling on January 1st? It really doesn't matter. Oh, Okay, yeah, you
1: had to be on cloud nine for just having that experience of getting to to do this. Uh, Something you love so much, the parade, but to actually be uh, a huge part of it, right? Correct. So what do you remember most about that day then? I mean, did everything go smoothly according to the way uh, you and your committee had planned it? Uh, Basically, what was your experience like on that day?
0: Well, the experience was that I was with family and friends and, uh, um, and I just let the the committees as you should, you know, do their job and, 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 you know, whether it was the way I would have done it or not really doesn't matter. It's just that that's what makes the tournament of roses, you know, I think a a special event. Um, Yes. You get to have a breakfast at tournament house and the royal court comes down on their gowns and there's there's ceremonial things to go along with it. Um, but I think that really the best thing was just being able to be in the parade, waving to friends and having them wave back and uh, um, and being on the field and and watching Ken Burns do one of the best coin tosses I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: And do you remember your, your, the feeling when you actually got to present the the Leishman Trophy, which I believe it was named after one of the founders of the parade? Was that right?
0: Oh uh, yes, Lay Le- Leishman's father um, was one of the early early people, um, and and is Lay Le- Leishman's father that um, the that, that came up with the idea of building the stadium, and and then Lay, you know, certainly you know. Carried the 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 um, lantern, the mantle, and and uh, became president of the Tournament of Roses, and then later on in 1979, he was the Grand Marshal um, as the president that year. Arthur Welsh wanted to acknowledge uh, um, you know one of our founders and and one of our great contributors to to the organization.
1: So then you got to have that opportunity to present the, the trophy to the winning team that year, which was Stanford. Uh, I know it probably would have been maybe more meaningful had USC been involved and won the trophy. But I think nonetheless, it was, must have been a really wonderful experience for you. Uh, for me, I was absolutely ecstatic when I got to flip through the channels and find you on ESPN News presenting the trophy. Uh, so do you remember much about that moment?
0: Well, absolutely, I do, because, I mean, you're very euphoric, and David Shaw, Coach Shaw, was just such a nice person. Um, but I'll also say that the uh, um, the place kicker for the um, Stanford Cardinal was uh, the son of one of my friends from growing up. And uh, um, so having Conrad Ukerpina, um being right behind me you know, with all the other players, and um, you know, and, and you know, well, rate, anyway, that that was a special moment as well. And I'll, I'll just throw another shout out because Conrad's older brother Grant was also an Eagle Scout and was a banner carrier in the um, the 2008 parade. So there, there's a Europina connection with uh, with the Rose Parade, certainly. I definitely recognize that name from the, the many calls that uh, Bill has done
1: to Space Bank, wanting to talk yes. to about Robert Martin. <laughs> very, good.
0: Well, very good. He 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 yes, uh, um I'm I'm very happy to say that uh, he's uh, he, he's very good. I'm happy to uh, well all right, I'll he got to space bank because of me. OK, <laughs> so your,
1: your time, unfortunately, comes to an end, but it does for everybody who, who gets to serve as the president. Uh, how are you involved in the Rose Parade now or are you much involved as you once were before?
0: After you be after your president, you have one more year on executive committee and uh, you chair football, the Hall of Fame selection and a game policy committee. So it's a pretty busy year. Mm-hmm. So you think you're off the leash, but you're not. And, uh, and then you rotate off of executive committee into a, um, a life director. So that's what I am now. But the, but the next four life directors are still uh, football committee members, and, uh, um, which I still am. And I'll probably have at least one more year on football committee. And then also life directors are used on our business committees and I talked about the structure of, of our organization and the um, 34 operating committees, the business committees, and also our foundation and past presidents are, are used in all of those committees in one form or another in the business and the uh, foundation. So there's lots of opportunities and I'll, I'll, I'll be a, a voting member of the board of directors um, until I pass. Oh, okay. Well, that's good that you get to do what you love and get to see and
1: be a part of the the production of the parade up until the very end, which I hope doesn't come anytime soon. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, I do want to touch a little bit more on your experiences meeting past Grand Marshals. Uh, that, That concept is just so interesting and incredible to me that so many people that I love and admire, you've actually gotten to shake hands with and talk on an everyday conversation like we're doing right now, such as George Lucas and Vin Scully. Uh, So, uh, and I remember you mentioned before, before Vin Scully agreed for that particular year that he was the grand marshal, I guess he had turned down the parade uh, multiple times, right? Uh, Can you share some of your favorite experiences meeting certain grand marshals over the years?
0: Well, I I will not confirm or deny that uh, Vin um, turned it down um, we've had multiple people that have turned down invitations, and that's because of scheduling and, and uh, um, you know, just their own time commitments. And, and some people just aren't interested in, in doing parades and some of the things because we don't pay for grant marshals. Mm-hmm. So they have to really embrace, you know, the whole charity and the community involvement, you know, aspect of, of what we're doing. And um, yes, we we we've had grand marshals that have turned down and then and, and then finally accepted and or just turned down and never shown up. But um, we've had some grand marshals that have been um, more uh, embracing. Um, and, and I'll just say that, you know, fun grand marshals. I mean, you know, Angela Lansbury, I got to drive when I was on transportation. Committee. Oh, how much fun and she she transcended generations because they were young and old because of um you know her tv show and in in crab crab apple cove um so she at any rate I'll, I'll just say that that was that was very fun to see that um gerald ford wanted to leave the football game or did not want to leave sorry Gerald Ford did not want to leave the football game early um, and Secret Service was trying to get him out of there um, because they didn't want to have to rush him out, you know, with the rest of the crowd after the end of the game. But he wanted to watch the game. Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra was just so embracive and um, and and generous with his time. And and that was great. Uh, I'll just say some of them that I've seen, let me look at my notes here. Um, Grand Marshalls Gregory Peck, Gregory Peck came in when a Grand Marshal had accepted and then suddenly took a, a movie deal and and we scrambled and Gregory Peck came in at the very last minute and and so gracious. and, and probably one of one of our better, certainly, you know, one of our better speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but, but I'll just say, I'm going to go back to Ken Burns because Ken Burns, I, I didn't think that I was going to be able to, to get Ken Burns. I, um, you know, because they have busy schedules and, and when PBS said, you know, we think, we think we can get Ken Burns for you. It's like, oh, you know, why not? I mean, he just he epitomizes everything of what we wanted to do and and accomplish and um and, and 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 then he just he albert he understood this whole idea of what the tournament volunteers do that it's like people that are cooking thanksgiving dinner and they spend hours and hours cooking a dinner that's consumed in, in 30 or 60 minutes or people that spend, you know, an hour wrapping a a Christmas present that gets ripped apart in, in three or five seconds. You know, you've seen that with the kids. So, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and, and yet that's what the Tournament of Roses does. We, we, we plan for a whole year for an event, you know, that, that is only two hours long And, and, you know, it's our gift and, and just seeing, you know, the, the people that come to say thank you and the appreciation and the awe and the wonderment, whether it's kids or adults or older adults or whoever it is, uh, that, that is just so heartwarming. And, and that's, that's all, that's all we work for. Oh, very wonderful. Very good. That's glad to hear.
1: And uh, yeah, I, I can attest that, I mean, as a young child, I got to watch uh, a lot of uh, Angela Lansbury Disney movies. So, I mean, I, I was a fan as well. So I know a lot of people probably you know miss her dearly after she passed this past year. So I, I guess know. it's wonderful that you had the opportunity to meet uh, some of these great, wonderful individuals before they unfortunately are no longer with us as we see that's the case uh did you also it's uh... a weird
0: feeling albert it's a weird feeling hearing a voice whether it's keith jackson or or um or you know vince scully and you go you know you want to pinch yourself it's like you know it's you know this is something to hear over the airwaves this is not standing next to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very good. And uh, did you happen to get to meet a uh, Brazilian soccer
1: player, Pele, when he got to serve as the Grand Marshal? Not personally. I saw him
0: personally, but I did not meet him.
1: Oh, OK, yeah. So the, 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 the rich history of the, the Rose Parade, we can see there's been so many unique personalities get to serve as Grand Marshal. So I'm always envious of you, Mike, that you've had that opportunity to, to rub elbow, elbows with some of the kindest, greatest people that there are.
0: Well, they are kind and and they're generous with their time and uh um and our rose parade and our our celebrations are very very much appreciative.
1: Uh I wanted to turn uh, the conversation now to the Rose Bowl game itself which again has been synonymous with the parade but technically isn't quite as old is that right?
0: That's right. I'll I'll tell you uh the 1890 Rose Parade was uh was put together by the Valley Hunt Club as a promotion um, for selling land in Pasadena, um, the 1880s. Because even prior to that, the you know the Intercontinental Railroad brought people to the West Coast, and and then the railroad coming down from San Francisco to L.A. made L.A. a boom a boom spot. Tuberculosis and and other things were prominent at the time, unfortunately. And uh, our dry, arid, clean air um, climate was very much, um, you know, sought after. And so people could get to Pasadena easier. Mm -hmm. And there was a Indiana, Michigan, Illinois colonies, um, mostly the Indiana people. Um, We were grapes before, Indiana brought uh, um, citrus, and, and we had more citrus growers in Pasadena because of its location, its water, um, the Arroyo Seco. And, and those things all brought people to the crown of the valley, which was Pasadena. So 1890, Valley Hunt Club says, well, we need to promote this because we're going to try and sell more land and bring people to the Raymond Hotel and, and, and the resort and buy land. And that's what it was. And, and, you know, I mean, the next year they, well, you know, are we going to do this again? Eh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it again. So they decorated their carriages and, and Colorado Boulevard was the, the, the main actually Colorado street at the time um, was the main thoroughfare, the only thoroughfare. And, uh, um, and so they went down and they staged some after picnic things and and frivolity and and celebrated the new year well i'll tell you that even later years they thought about not just doing this on or not doing it on new year's but they thought about well let's do it you know on washington's birthday or let's do it in february um and uh, um but it, they stuck with the january 1st fortunately after a few years the um the it got to be too much for the valley Hunt Club. I mean, they were just getting together and, you know, five or six guys says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And, and so the, um, they, they um, started a separate um, organization, the Tournament of Roses Association. And that was about um, 1895. And don't quote me on all these dates, I only need to be 51% um, accurate. Um, But at any rate, um, then it became more permanent and and then they needed more money because it started costing money to put this thing on. Then in 1901, one of the um, new guys, a new member of the organization, actually a guy from Canada, and he, he said, hey, you know, they're doing this thing in college football. Maybe we could get, you know, two college football teams to play. And um, so at any rate, so they tried that in 1902. I'll just say, Albert, I could, I could do a whole semester on this, um, on how college football was um, in turmoil at the time. But at any rate, they brought him out, and the game started late, and uh, there were no rules, regulations. Stanford just got demolished. I mean, they had broken collarbones, broken legs, and they, they couldn't even feel the whole team. They called the game at 49 to nothing. And but but you know what? Michigan had not been scored on by anybody else either. So that that wasn't. unique. But that was the only football game, because um, like I said, I mean, football at the time, um, college football was was in turmoil and uh, it it was banned in um, Georgia. It was banned in the uh, Cook County of uh, Chicago that people were um, maimed. And and there were deaths, and there was no regulations. Teddy Roosevelt brought the uh, uh, a group together, and the NCAA was founded. And and Tournament of Roses tried other things in between. We and even inspired by the Ben Hur movie, not the Charlton Heston one, but the earlier Ben Hur. We tried um, the chariot races, and we almost lost a president in one of those. Um, but when the NCAA was formed and there was, you know, college football was brought back to respectability, then that that's when we started, you know, trying to do college football, postseason football again. And and nobody else was doing that. I mean, we were erecting stands at Tournament Park, which is uh South Caltech, um, in their in their field down there. And um we invited other schools from the East to come out to play the best school in the West. And um, like I said, it, you know, they're going, Ah, you know what, students, I mean, with football teams, I mean, they were what, 12, 14 people max. And they're going, well, we want our, we want our Christmas holidays and, and what's in it for us? And why should we come out to the West Coast? Um, we, we got Brown to accept to come out for January first, nineteen sixteen, and and they played um, Washington State, and Washington State was the second best team because Cal Cal and their um, advisors um, said, "Well, you know what? We're we're not we're not going to participate in something that you know it's not collegiate." At any rate, that it poured rain. And, and the Tournament of Roses lost $11,000. In, in 1916, we lost $11,000. And the Tournament of Roses had members that are going, this is a stupid idea. We're not going to do this. We're not, we're not doing this again. We, we can't afford it. And, and in fact, there were 16,000 unsold tickets. I mean, that's how bad it was. Mm. Um, so this guy, J.J. Mitchell, and was the football chairman for the next year in in 1916 and he invites university of pennsylvania in october they hadn't even played their whole season he invites them he says would you guys come out on january 1st 20 or, or 19 1917 and and university of pennsylvania said yes and then then we waited for the best of the west and um actually Washington was better but it was $250 cheaper to invite Oregon so we invited Oregon <laughs> just to save $250 and they came down 25,000 people attended and the the game was a huge huge ex- success and and that's quite frankly that's when um, Leigh Leishman's father started thinking, you know, maybe a stadium would work because we're erecting grandstands for 25,000 people. And how, how long is that going to last? And that's that's arduous as it is, too. So that's that's where we go. That's why we're the granddaddy. We're the first to ever do postseason. And you know, once again, Albert, this I could go on, I could do seven or eight different you know, deals on, on postseason football, what the um, tournament went through, you know, Ivy League drops out of postseason play. Big Ten would not do postseason play. We're fighting. Now other bowls are cropping up. We're fighting for other football teams to come play out here. And and that's when, fortunately, right after World War II, we got the Big Ten Pac-12, which was the, you know, it wasn't Big Ten Pac-12 then, but at any rate, that's, that's the arrangement, the tri-party agreement. Oh, very interesting. It's very uh, fascinating. Well, too. you didn't fall asleep, so that's good.
1: No, no, no. I, I was very Amen. interested to learn all that, Mike. I mean, you look at today, college football just being the massive juggernaut it is for money and revenue and fan interest. You know, stadiums are always full. Uh, but I guess it, that wasn't always the case in the beginning part of the 20th century, which is always interesting to learn.
0: No, no, no. It was. It was all about paying for the parade. You know, quite frankly, it is still all about paying for the parade. The parade's free. We we get no TV revenue from the parade whatsoever. Um, so what pays for the parade is is the revenue from, you know, from the football game. That's our charity. Oh, OK. Very good.
1: <laughs> do, do you have any particular favorite games that you can remember? Because I know you're a huge fan of college football, particularly USC. Uh, so, was there any particular Rose Bowl game that stands out to you as being particularly thrilling or exciting?
0: Well, first of all, Albert, I'd like to say I I went to San Diego State, so I like to shout out to Don Coriel, our coach at the time, and uh, um, and our Aztecs. However, I am married to a Trojan, and uh, <laughs> um, and and so certainly we do follow the Trojans. You know, that's a that's a very tough question, Albert, because. By the time I get to the football game, I've been up a lot of hours sometimes over the years. And uh, you get up early, you're at the parade. And by the time you get to the game, uh, you know, I'm not so sure how coherent I really am. But we have been very, very fortunate um, in hosting some great, great games that have been seen, you know, throughout the nation. And we've had some very, very high ratings even this year's ratings as low as they were um, because it wasn't really a great game. And it was on Monday. um, But we still were the highest rated bowl game other than, than a playoff game. And, and that just goes to show the draw of, of drawing from the, you know, the whole nation, you know, of, of teams, you know, I mean, and doesn't want me to say this, but you know that Texas SC game, you know Vince Young, oh, is, you know heartbreaking game. But then, but we also had, you know, it looked like a track meet, you know, when Georgia and Oklahoma, I mean, they they scored over a hundred points, you know, in the total game going up and down. Um, there, you know, the SC, you know, uh. Upsetting Penn State. I mean, even going back to um, my first Rose Bowl game, which wasn't until I was in my 20s, and and that was when UCLA upset um, the juggernaut of of Ohio State and Woody Hayes at the time. Uh, You know, there's so many to choose from. It's really hard to pick. Like you said, like
1: it just seems that every year. Uh, there could be something interesting or, ha- or fun that happens in the game itself. Uh, and I know for our mutual friends, uh, Leslie and George, who go every year, I mean, they could probably give several examples of some of their favorite games as well. Uh, what I wanted to, like, I, going back to your what you had mentioned before about the, the game taking place on Monday, obviously that was the case because uh, New Year's fell on a Sunday. So it was, that was kind of an interesting rule that the Rose Parade uses. Uh, why is it exactly that they don't host a parade on Sundays and wait till the second?
0: Well, this goes all the way back to the 1800s, Albert, when Colorado Street, before it was a boulevard, Colorado Street had every church. And, and we were pretty much settled by all the Midwesterners. And so, you know, I couldn't tell you there must be twenty churches on Colorado Street, and so if you had a parade going by on a Sunday, and and well, there weren't twenty in the eighteen hundreds, but I mean, you know, if you had a bands and floats and people disrupting all the horses that were tethered outside the churches in in the eighteen hundreds, that wouldn't be a good thing. So we made a pact with God, and we will not have our parade on Sunday. And and you will not rain on our parade. Now, I'll just say that, you know, we've had a couple rains, <laughs> you know, so but we've held up our end of the bargain. Oh, OK, very good. Very good. And if I'm cor- if I
1: remember correctly or just from my research, uh, the only year that the Rose Parade did not take place was uh, 2021 because of COVID. Was that correct? Uh, uh, we, I could be mistaken. We, I was looking to we see. Didn't,
0: we didn't have the parade um in uh on January 1st, 1942, either. Oh, okay. I,
1: I think well, I remember reading that uh, the Rose Bowl game had been moved to
0: uh right. Uh, they because, moved the game to Durham. Yeah. And that's a that's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother story. Um <laughs> But yeah, there was no parade that year either. Oh, okay, yeah. So I would imagine that
1: with uh, the uh, the bombings in Pearl Harbor that took place just a few weeks prior, uh, the government probably mandated no, no mass gatherings on the West Coast. That would That's be my correct. assumption.
0: Okay. That's correct.
1: Well, that was pretty much all the talking points I had for about the parade Was there or, or the game itself. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Any rich history that I might have missed? I'm sure there's probably tons of things, but...
0: There are, (laughs) you know, the, the thing about, gosh, you know, think about the game is that we, we have evolved, um, you know, in, in trying to maintain tradition and yet try to stay up with the NCAA, the BCS and now the CFP. And, and in even lately, you know, in our contract talks, we, we have a separate ESPN agreement um, with, you know, for our game, the other bulls have a collected um, ESPN agreement with the CFP. And, and so trying to meld all of this together, trying to make it all happen, we want to be good partners and, and we just want to, you know, continue to be the best we can with America's and, and and working with the, um, the universities and, and the colleges. When I mentioned earlier that we're not contractual with our partners, we are actually um, partners. And so our tri-party agreement is separate from other bowls where they partner with the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten. So we, we're one third, one third, one third with Big Ten Pac-12. So, our decisions aren't just the Rose Bowl. So the PAC twelve and the Big Ten have just as much say in how we have been you know negotiating with the CFP. Now, we're going to have uh, quarterfinals and semifinals, and so far, we're going to be on January first at two o'clock. We'll see how that goes forward, but we want to be good neighbors and and we want to put on the best. That we can. And I'll just go back to saying the other thing, Albert, is that our Rose Bowl is a big payout. And we have been giving back to the universities and the conferences, I don't know, close to $80 million a year. I mean, oh, that's wow. that's a chunk. Mm-hmm. The the Tournament of Roses is not getting you know, that money. We, we have our budget that is approved by our tri-party agreement and the balance is going to our conference partners. So we've been able to contribute a whole lot of money to, you know, the colleges and the conferences and higher education for a whole lot of years. We're very proud
1: of that. Oh, absolutely. That sounds very wonderful that, again, as you mentioned, uh, you, you guys do so much for the community of uh, Pasadena and L.A. County and I'm assuming just all of Southern California. Uh, you know, It's wonderful to see that and then just to see the wonderful parade that gets put on, the wonderful sports game that we get to watch, everything involved around the Rose Parade and the, the tournament of Roses. I think it's just fantastic. So again, thank you so much, Mike, for sharing your experiences with me. Uh, did you have any other things to mention to bring up?
0: Well, I would just say that our financial impact to, you know, as I mentioned, just not just LA County, uh-huh. but it is, it's not just the tournament volunteers. It's the people that, that are uh, building the floats and and the band boosters that are raising the money to bring their bands here. And the equestrian people that are, you know, bringing their horses and, and finding places to stay because we're not paying for all those things. There's a whole lot of people they're paying a whole lot of money out of their pockets in order to participate. Uh, well, if there's nothing
1: else for tonight, Mike, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Uh, I, I learned some new things about the parade. And again, I'm always fascinated just to learn more about it because it's, it's fun. It's just a great uh, time of the year to, to celebrate and there's so many great things to see in the area. Uh, you know, if you wanted to walk around Old Town Pasadena after the Rose Bowl game, you can usually run into some interesting people
0: <laughs> yeah
1: mike thank you so much for sharing your time with me tonight and i definitely would love to get you up back on my podcast again to talk about other uh uh common interests that we share such as the Dodgers. i think that'd be really fun
0: <laughs> well if you have any other questions albert and and any other podcast to go over some of some of the other items that we didn't talk about you know i'm i'm available thank you okay well thank you so much mike okay you've been listening
1: to the casting for fun podcast thanks everybody